0: Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston, and you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that is and will forever be a Pain member of the bull shannon fan club
1: <laughs> my
0: name is greg d i'm
1: genius mcgee
0: and on today's episode shark timber comes to a close and we're getting spooky with 2013's ghost shark and whether you've combined hot sauce and grenades or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All
1: up in your bull hole.
0: <laughs> uh, and again, I guess if you find us uh, bullying out, we would, we would never be bullying on social media. If
1: you're ready to all rise for... Activities.
0: There it is, there it is. Well, regardless, uh, we are out on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and it is on that book of face, where we have an events tab, which leads to
1: shenanigans and car wash shenanigans. And as this
0: episode is releasing on Friday, September 23rd, if you live in the Kansas City area, uh, head on over to ScreenLand.com. Well you will find you'll ha- they have your car wash shenanigans taken care of uh, indoors.
1: And virtually. But not really. No.
0: Unless unless technically me being in the cutoffs, as counts, counts as the that. car wash in the rain. Okay, that's yeah.
1: Fair. But then you gotta watch out for ghost sharks. <laughs>
0: uh, but no, the uh, Friday this episode is releasing our latest Friday
1: night fright. You're gonna die in seven days.
0: Oh my goodness, is a film that competed in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness Tournament, mm-hmm. uh, as it's celebrating its 20th year of terror, uh, it's a remake, which,
1: a, a beloved remake, right? PG-13, and when people, sometimes some people don't real, I think now they do, but like, you forget that, oh yeah. yeah, it is a remake.
0: Yeah, and I hope to see uh, so many of you for uh, Gore Verbinski's The Ring. It's going to be rad on the big screen. I've never seen it on the big screen. Really? Yes. It was that- cool. I can't wait to see it again I've seen it i I guess there's something to be said though the home video experience with that beca- mm-hmm. especially when you were well, still yes. using you know the v c r very William Castley. but ideally, especially if we're in theater one, that scene might bring that might mm-hmm. bring the devil out of me, man. that's terrifying. but then looking forward to next Friday night's fright uh, is a movie that was controversial upon release hmm still plays semi-controversial now as a repertory screening uh, from book to film, Mary Heron's American Psycho. Make sure you bring your business cards. Uh, I will be a little bit late. I've got some uh, tapes to return. (laughs) Huey Lewis. Well, and I will say this. I mean, the movie is built around the Christian Bale performance. right? But you'll forget about all the other character actors that show up, including... Someone we were just talking about Mm -hmm. during a film, one Willem Dafoe, and you'll have many Rick Dalton moments.
1: You're like, oh yeah, hey, hey.
0: But it's also one of those films that kind of like um, Fight Club, where there's a... Unreliable narrator. Completely that, and then also I I would never say a wrong way to enjoy the movie. But it does have a odd
1: fan base it's but There's that's why it's misplaced hero worship
0: but that's why it's cool though though because yeah. it's complex it's nuanced maybe it can bring about conversations did you ever read the book
1: no I did yeah I heard it's fucked up it's way w- more fucked up than the movie beyond
0: effed up and it's a I don't want to say it's a chore to get through uh-huh but those narrative devices that the little inner monologue that you hear in the movie is even th- tenfold in the in the book And on everything, mm. but it's kind of the monotony. You find yourself slowly giving. It's it's a it's a weird experience. I, it's not for everyone. Mm. But the movie itself, not it's the PG version of it, but it's still right. hard art.
1: Right, exactly. Any movie that has like a, a nude scene where they're running around with the chainsaw. Oh it, yeah, we're gonna have to break out the dong, uh the gong. Do we? I t- I think
0: so. It's funny you got your pinky up when you say that as well as. I can't. I, I might have to refer to the interwebs on this one. I don't think we have to. Huh. I think he classed well, we'll, it up. A, we'll find out Friday. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> now, the uh, other repertory screenings that are happening on uh, the weekend of uh, the 23rd.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the movies that really kind of launched 90s independent movies uh, that launched a particular filmmaker that is very much divisive, but it's also a film, I'm not going to lie. I kind of fell into the trap of loving it when I discovered it, and uh-huh. I haven't seen it in quite a while. Uh, but I hope to see many of you out for Quentin Tarantino's *Reservoir Dogs*.
1: And if you're the seventh caller, you win tickets to the f- Iowa State County Fair and to see the car behemoth. Behemoth. That is the only kind of delivery that
0: Stephen Wright can give you. So they knew what they were doing with it. Yeah. And I, you know, what I just actually watched for the first time: *Bad Lieutenant*.
1: Oh yeah, with Harvey Keitel. They're breaking out the dong on the dong on that. Yeah, one. there's
0: no doubt. It's like uh Abel Ferrara and Harvey Ke- cuz again, he's running like a Hey Quentin, do you think Mr. White could just maybe
1: have a full frontal nude scene? Oh yeah, he's down. In fact, we I, I had to stop him, man. He wanted to do, he he goes that hey, "Yeah, can I can I wear the suit but like only the top up?" It's like uh, No, Keitel.
0: But to see and again go back to that film that really launched him to everyone, the very, the first feature film that it Intr-
1: actually probably introduced a lot of character actors to a lot of up and coming film nerds, I myself included. Tim like, Roth. Exactly. That was Michael Madsen. First, like, probably some of my first experiences Eddie that Bunker. I will remember. Yeah. With, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. Definitely Lawrence Tierney. Definitely Chris Lawrence Penn. T- and know? then
0: I also remember distinctly just the whole idea of them talking about the Fantastic Four. You know, motherfucker looks like the thing. And it was that bridging of pop culture into these genre movies that. Again, he is heavily cribbing from so many Old, people. So cool, right again, like City on Fire basically is Reservoir Dogs to the point that he's finally admitted it. But I, have, I, am trying to think if I've seen that on the big screen. Reservoir with the, Dogs with a, a repertory screening. i never have. That'd as be to say, cool if it to wasn't, see. Yeah, that's would be a good one to check out. Now, uh, uh, other new films that are playing. One that I actually just watched, and from the first time I saw the trailer. I was super intrigued, and then unfortunately there was a lot of um, drama on the festival circuit. But regardless, I am going to go check out. Don't worry,
1: darling. I'm convinced with all the like craziness that there's no real movie. This is all like avant garde. When and, and when we're going to go see the movie? Next thing you know, we're halfway through the movie. It's going to like cut, and then it's going to be like cameras pointing at us, and then we're seeing ourselves on the screen. And like, don't worry, darling. And then black
0: turns out olivia wilde is a big
1: fan of andy kaufman right yeah just, that's what's gonna happen there was a,
0: what and i like you know uh, but
1: no i want to go see it i like florence Pugh. i and, do i do aside from one movie i'm i like a lot of her stuff
0: <laughs> so i'm anxious to see that one on the big screen because i've from the first time because this was one that was not on my radar at all and then when i first saw the trailer i'm like oh i'm because i I liked Booksmart. It looks weird. I haven't seen Booksmart, but it looks weird. It does look weird. It does look weird. Uh, now, that being said, again, a number of other films are going to be playing. Um, if you're lucky enough here in Kansas City, uh, come on out. Check out all those uh, films that are playing. Now, of course, if you live from afar and you like the cut of Screenland's jib, uh, well, you can support as well. Uh, love <laughs> t- that, man. <laughs> you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com where you can rent a number of films from them directly, or even better, become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com screenland, where, amongst the many perks they offer, we host a movie watch party called mm-hmm. the Shutter Shutout, mm-hmm. and it is on the 24th, this Saturday, is our latest. And I, let's face it, if you go back to last month's, Alligator Audist, mm-hmm. August, we love... Animal anim- Attack yes, movies. yes. Right. And then when we started looking at the catalog of Shudder, like, dang, you know, they really got an abundance right now of of animals gone wild. Right. So we went ahead and continued that theme. So we're going to be watching both George A. Romero's Monkey Shines Mm -hmm. and the perfect film for a cat lover, Uninvited.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited for the uninvited, and I'm excited for Monkey Shines. No, it is not the uninvited. It is uninvited uninvited Uninvited. because i've seen them both uh way back in the day and i haven't seen them since and i barely remember them. i do remember like the weird cat and i do remember but see here's the thing my probably viewing of the mutant cat movie back then is probably vastly different than my mutant cat movie viewing now
0: the baggage we bring is going right. to play a large part to our movie Plus, right
1: now. Oh, my goodness. Plus, if, if my second favorite animal besides uh, kitty cats are monkeys. Monkeys are rad. And so, like, yeah. This is what happened when uh, George Romero Spiro gets a hold of a monkey. Gets a hold of a monkey. <laughs> a monkey shines.
0: Now, both of those films are streaming on Shudder, but by joining the Screenland Film family, uh, you're going to have access to what is basically... What do you call it Genius? The home game. It's it's Friday night frights at home. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you can't attend a Friday night fright with us, uh, we provide you a customized pre-show introduction where genius and I will give you some some insights, some little smidgets there, mm-hmm. uh, customized trailers and then of course the post-film discussion where we have to process everything. Oh yeah. And I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about with Kitties and Monkeys. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, Kitties and <laughs> Kitties and Monkeys in movies. Oh my. Now, if that sounds like that's up your alley, uh, head on over to Patreon.com slash Screenland. But, genius, if I am talking uh, Patreon and film family... E bellies. We also have our own little corner of Patreon and a wonderful group of members of our film family. Uh-huh. And as we did last week, I kind of want to highlight one of our tiers and one of the members of those tiers. And this is... Not only does he have the perks that is involved in this tier, but... I'd like to say that with his connection to you and I, he's got these really weird other perks, you know, trucking us around, yeah. howling about. Uh, but on the uh, another time tier, uh, film family member Dustin Pryor, aka the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast, uh, has access to all the Shutter shoutouts. All the I've seen that episodes are uh, new horror releases, of which is going to be. Pearl
1: and Barbarian we couldn't Double decide
0: feature. yeah which one to focus on and then of course I think the the main perk of that top tier or mid top tier is the commentary track and we we stayed in the Jaws family with Shark Timber. Uh-huh. and you don't have to th- have 3D glasses to enjoy our Jaws 3D commentary mm-hmm. but also I want to give a quick shout out to not only I said the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast I'm just so happy I'm sitting across from the other co-host of that, (laughs) and I always want to make sure to you know plug and promote, because especially since you all
1: just started again in Westeros. Yeah, going back to uh, Westeros, it's a lot of fun, and like, but this is a, it's a different Game of Thrones, but it's the same old Game of Thrones, so there's a lot of like, ick, and there's a lot of- Well, and
0: I, I will just say this, I- I really appreciate the shout-out in the latest episode because, no doubt, <laughs> several times I was shaking my head.
1: Hang on, yeah. Nah. It wasn't necessarily a nope, but it was just more of a, oh. right? If you ever wonder, I wonder what genius would it be like without the conscience of Greg to kind of hold him back and, like, the encouragement of Dustin to talk about the ill shit that's going on in the seven kingdoms well yeah well that's the benefit
0: though of 30 plus years of friendship <laughs> you got a lot of stuff to pull from
1: well like one thing we say we might not be the best game of thrones podcast out there but we're definitely the dumbest so <laughs> honestly though as much of a fan of wordplay as
0: i am you're was it the Wassarian cesarean oh my lord <laughs> Now, bear in mind, I'm not watching the TV series. I'm just going based on what you guys are giving, because I know enough of Game of Thrones to just fall into the tropes mm-hmm. that have already been established. But then to hear that, to hear... To <laughs> Through hear, the filter. <laughs> and just imagining, though, you giggling and just very, being kind of proud of yourself, because I sit across <laughs> from you every week. I know that when those little things hit you, and you're just like, you're waiting yeah. to throw it in there... <laughs> It it feels good, right? Yeah. So (laughs) that's one of those things. So I love I love going on that journey with you. But no, Dustin, as always, (laughs) thank you for being a member of the film family. Now to have Dustin, you're fucking rad. (laughs) He is, isn't he? Now to have access to that and so much more, head on over to patreon.com/slash nightmare junkhead. Yeah, we've we've got a lot of good stuff for you, and it's been a lot of fun to put (laughs) together, especially this month. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The conversation, or at least and especially if you haven't had a chance to see it yet. Both Barbarian and Pearl were playing theatrically that weekend. Yeah. And we were just talking about how thrilled we were at the prospect of any bunch of normies or just kind of standard, like 18 year old teens that are going to just see a scary movie walking and then into either, either or, one of those. Yeah. A grand time. A yep. grand time. Also, the fact that you finally downloaded uh, Slaps and Beans. Yes,
1: <laughs> I finally did. I was showing off the la 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 la, la The fucking Bud Spencer and Terence Hill video game. It's on sale right now. Um, we're not sponsored by by any developers, but if you're interested, it's on the PlayStation Network for a dollar ninety nine.
0: Well, I talked about feeling good that we exist in a time like that where things like that can exist. That's another one where yeah, a Street of Rage esque game but with the the italian mainstays
1: of Bud Spencer and Terence Hill and it's goofy. It, the all the moves are goofy. You're like the bonks and the slaps and like beans or the power-ups and it's perfect. No. The jukebox that plays all your greatest hits, all the Oliver Onion staples.
0: Come along and drive my <laughs> buggy. <laughs> <laughs> and that that movie yeah. Has found its way right? to connect people from afar. From afar. It's incredible. It's incredible. So and it was so funny. You were like, Do you want to play? And I'm like, I I'm so weird with modern gaming. Even though Streets of Rage is a is a genre I grew up with. So I know the basic functions, but I'm still just I'd rather watch. That's my journey of the new things. Which is funny. I don't watch the stuff of people watching on YouTube. Uh huh. But I'm comfortable though, just knowing you're
1: the, you're the you know the guide on that end. Right on. Hey, uh Patreon, should we start a Twitch channel where I'm playing and Greg's watching? <laughs> <laughs> I it's cuz we can do slaps and beans, you know, and you you know it would be totally interesting to watch you while I play my yakuza game. Oh, good lord. You and the and the fact that there's um a lot of
0: Takashi them. Miike film based that we, on the yakuza thank movie. Thank you, Adrian. It's unreal that that world just keeps getting deeper mm-hmm. and keeps expanding with every. And they pack. just
1: announced that there's two more Yakuza games coming out, and I'm like, God damn it! I just finished all of them. I just finished the Curse of Yakuza. You you are
0: drowning in a sea of Yakuza content,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we, and we've been drowning in a sea of Shark content, mm-hmm. and we are closing out Shark Timber. And what's really funny, just in terms of the, I bet there's a the Yakuza Shark somewhere. Of course there is. As we looked into the whole noun shark genre, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Again, you're drowning in a sea of noun shark films. But this is because of the success of Jaws. Had that film not hit, I don't think we'd be swimming in this era of films like this.
1: Well, I got to give credit to Jaws, but there's another movie that I think actually re-sparked The whole shark exploitation because there's always going to be shark exploitation, but I think it wasn't until Sharknado hit that the whole like shark exploitation renaissance came back into play almost when we'll talk about because it's one probably of your talking points, but the whole sci-fi renaissance, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't until Sharknado where people like, hey, we can add shark with something and then we can make it this because a lot of shark exploitation for a while, especially after the shark, because after the first couple of shark movies, Cruel Jaws and whatnot, then we had the shark on land or Mm -hmm. like Jaws in the thing, but a bear, Mm -hmm. Jaws, but it's a fucking... Again, the
0: influence went beyond the water.
1: But then I think it was with Sharknado, like, oh, we can add something to something. We can add either. So I think it worked twofold. We can add shark with another word and whole movie. Yep. We can add NATO to another whole movie and make a whole thing. And then it kind of branched out from there. But I think Sharnado was one of the uh, precipices of the uh, Renaissance.
0: Mm-hmm. They found it. The Cronenberg Connection. <laughs> the <laughs> sharks. They're tornadoes and me but that's just it it is just finding this way to combine things until you find something that works and as we
1: yeah as we've seen zombie shark toxic shark so chris santa shark sharknado and the
0: entire franchise is that i've seen that for me
1: really i've seen pretty much all of them except for the last two but there's like seven of them. well and you know uh,
0: a friend of the show gary scary gary they have Sharknado, annual Sharknado parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just on the Taco the Town podcast and they were, cu- they were, they were, Adrian and all them, Jill was on the episode talking at the Sharknado. So, I mean, it's become a thing that people people are gathering yeah. to watch the film. Now, the problem is, though, for me, and I think a big reason that I just haven't sought it out, is it, to me, it seems a lot of these people are gathering to mock the movie. Yeah. And
1: it's kind of, it's, kinda, it's Again, you know my my principle. I just that's right. the, I don't have time for that. Same, and like that's the thing. There's, I think, with the Renaissance of the Shitty Shark movies, and I mean that in the most loving term. Of course, I just of also, course. also like the literation, but then none of these movies are <laughs> going. None of these movies are going to win an Academy Award. So, for no. lack of a better term, they're shitty shark movies. So for all of these shitty shark movies there, it almost falls into the Nicolas Cage camp. You have the appreciatives and then you have the mockeries. And like, while, yes, there can be Venn diagrams of the two with that little gray area. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, a lot of people fall into the camp. Me and you fall into the appreciation of the Nicolas Cage camp as opposed to the mockery of it. Certainly. That's why whenever we host Face Off, it's like, OK, you know. Well, but and when, that, yeah.
0: And same thing with shitty sharks. Yeah, and then it makes sense, and and then you then have to have some sort of parallel because then I'm always wary of the person that just is over laughing at everything Cage does when he's on, you know, the screen. The same thing then are the people that are going to overreact with every little thing that happens with this kind of a shark film. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that we do live in a in a world though that we have again so many to choose from because throughout Shark Timber this year.
1: And last year, after the Jaws ones and after like the well, uh, some, it was hard to like, OK, which one of these shitty shark movies do we want to watch?
0: The only one I think so far that would fall into that would at least be probably cruel Jaws. Right. Just in terms of when you start getting a, like the copy of the copy of the copy, mm-hmm. because we started with Jaws. We went Orca. We've talked Jaws, too. And then because the Meg. Yeah. Shitty Shark movie?
1: That's a Shitty Shark movie. It's a big budget (laughs) Shitty
0: Shark movie. But you can have big budget ideas behind it. See,
1: that's the one that fought. And we talked about this on earlier shows. The prestige shark movies that are like the big budget, big studios are backed up. Meg falls in that, like again, gray area where it's a Shitty Shark movie that's backed by a big studio. Mm -hmm. A big budgeted studio. But at its core, it's a Shitty Shark movie. Well, I'm glad
0: then that we did start. Shark Timber this year with a big-budget Shitty Shark movie, Mm -hmm. and then that we're closing with a lower-budget Shitty shitty Shark
1: big A big worldwide distributed theatrical release that we opened Mm -hmm. up, and we're ending with a made-for-cable movie with commercial breaks and everything.
0: Everything of that included, and that's when you provided again a list a mile long that i felt like I was drowning in of all these uh, shitty shark movies to choose from and i was like you know what what would be a good one for me to dive into because i'm i've always avoided a lot of them because i think there's a lot of pratfalls
1: involved with yeah. that because also and see that's the thing then when you break down again when you go down deeper into the shitty shark rabbit hole you have the Turbo Kid Kung Fury aspect. Sure. Are you making a shitty shark movie in earnest because you want to see something cool? Are you making it for a cash grab? Are you mocking it or mm-hmm. are you celebrating it? So yeah. it's like one of those two. And again, some fall right in that middle and that gray, but most of the time they fall into those camps.
0: So so that is basically, I've got to to say, some preconceived notions then of that of that it, any kind of film that has that title, the, the baggage
1: I bring. The sci-fi, the asylum, the... The even to some extent the RJLs. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: There's always going to be a parallel. I mean, you should, you can say full moon. Right. In a lot of in a lot of aspects. Trauma yeah. even. And that is studios with lower budgets that are de- that know their audience, have a formula, mm-hmm. and they stick to that formula. The spirit of Corman. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. And it's some really... some creepy, some not. Well, and it's really interesting too because there's there there is and was still a stigma, I think, associated with a title mm-hmm. of direct to video. Or
1: sci-fi. Or yeah, for TV. TV, again, the TV yeah. movie. The sci fi movie yes. has this definite good, bad, or indifferent. It's a blessing and a curse because when you think for oh, it's a sci fi movie, sci fi original, some people are like, fuck yeah. And some people are like, oh fuck, I'm gonna stay away from that. And like for the most part they're if they know their taste mm-hmm. they there might be 100% right because like you said there is a formula for a lot of them some of them are surprisingly different some of them are like okay cool each one has its own unique flavor you know which is one reason why i like to watch a lot of them because i do like a lot of those like low budget like sci-fi made for tv direct to video's fair because there's some fucking gems in there well and then throw in... like like the sci-fi original i mean the shutter originals yeah would almost be like kind of the next the next uh, like thing for um especially in terms of how we're imbibing movies at this point yeah in 2022 it's streaming or not because he it's the ghost of the direct-to-video because if it remember back in the day if it wasn't directed like we didn't see in the movie theaters and when it came out in video, like what's this there was and there a, was a lot like, of it was subpar cash grab but a lot of it we grew to love absolutely because there were a lot
0: of sincere filmmakers that were getting their start in these low-budget films and again their passion their creativity it shines through regardless Mm -hmm. of the budget and that's why you said there's the gems in there and that's what i love really looking kind of from afar with a lot of these studios is the fact that they're like mad libs that you're going to incorporate these really weird combinations that don't necessarily normally exist we're going to throw in an established genre actor in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just you
1: better run under 90 minutes. Absolutely. You better have a good editor for quick, quick cutting and, and uh, editing to we can make it make it easy for us to edit for TV yep. and then just make it fun mm-hmm. and have fun. Keep yep. it under a million. You're good. And then just, yeah, if you
0: come in under budget, perfect. Let's just cut it because they needed content a lot of it a lot of it because there was times that they were pumping out two movies a week and then when they'd get some feedback that it continues to work then that's when you'd see the shark because it it did start with sci-fi correct Mm -hmm. and that's when you'd get the franchise kicking in because they know again this this formula is working capitalize
1: on fucking it. the sharknado had a spinoff of uh lavalanchulas i mean and it's said right? that's with, with gutenberg right with the with the act yeah yeah and because a lot of those a lot of those sci-fis come from a lot of the same studios even though they're like basically um con- independent contracting studios mm-hmm. To like here's a million dollars to make us a movie quick so the cool thing one thing about the sci-fi movies that I, I dig a lot of connected tissue a lot of them are set in the same world you know, a lot of them like we'll the have MCU long before, it. right? Like, oh yeah, you know, there was something back in the day when in Florida they were fighting a big giant boa constrictor. Then I'm like, oh, I saw that movie, <laughs> and then later on, <laughs> like further down the line, I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's fight to have that boa constrictor fight that shark. You know, and so like, so oh, they were okay. doing the the Freddy versus Jason movies well, way back in the day, way back in the day, and it only again, it only popped up more so. Back in like the Probably Sharknado after Freddy versus Jason, of well, course. Bad, yeah, that and the, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely Freddy <laughs> Jason. And the, and the Sharknado. I'm surprised we don't have Sharknado versus Lava It's Well,
0: I know they had the Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Hmm. Well, and I and saw that. Here's the thing, I, I've never seen an asylum film either, like
1: like Transformers or those is kind of not to again. Here I am praising all the low budget right? ones, but it's but the asylum ones. A lot of them are cash grabs and the reason why I'm I don't want to say I steer clear from them because some I really do enjoy. But the ones that are obvious not mock bluster mock busters, yeah. I rarely tend to stay away from because I'm like, they're just making they're trying to fool people. You know, because working from a blockbuster point of view yep. from back in the day, yep. how many times I had to like say that's the wrong one, or had <laughs> you to know disp- this is yeah, you know this is not it, or like I I'm I'm sorry you wanted trans, I'm sorry that you wanted transformers and wound up Transmorphers. it's not my fault.
0: Again, if they played um, connect four with you, they always beat you diagonally. It's just that little sneaky thing in there. It's just so funny, and again, that's why I've never sought them out. Yeah, but.
1: Ideally, but there are some good stuff yeah, that I'm like, be, okay, I'm, I am like you. With the sci-fi stigma, yeah. I've gone in with the, the asylum stigma going like, right? And then walked out like, that was yeah. pretty good. Oh, I'm, I was a good job
0: asylum. And also one of the whole principles of the whole uh, on Patreon, and that I've seen that challenge with me, is that seeing at least three new films a week, whether it's something that is newly released or something that is just an older film. So in the spirit of that, I'm always open mm-hmm. because like you said there's so many gyms out there and you've waited in these waters before so you at least have had familiarity with these and this is one this so this came out in 2013 mm-hmm. so was this one that you just viewed via sci-fi fell
1: into mm-hmm. it yeah this is one they're having like now i didn't see this one on its original like world They release date right it but i did catch this one maybe about a year later when they were having um shitty shark movie marathon You know, on like a Saturday night, they show like seven or eight, like all weekend long, because again, they needed content. They had a slew of shitty shark movies by then, and so why not? So this one came on like late night, so I was kind of like kind of drifting in and out. But I remember like saying, (laughs) it caught me enough off guard where it kept my interest and made me openly guffaw in my most vilest of laughs numerous times and so i just because i in full disclosure i haven't seen this movie since those days but i remember i came in late watching this movie now i think i maybe missed the first 20 minutes of it but so from the pool scene on yeah Cause I think I, the pool scene was the thing that caught my attention. And I was like, ah. and regardless of when you and that's the
0: and that's what they think about too. Is because they, these are going regardless. These you know, are party ha-
1: movies. These are background movies. Yes. that's that's their bread and butter. They're like, hey, you, something funny or something cool needs or something titillating yep. needs need something. To in- on
0: in the background, if you're gonna work, mm-hmm. maybe at your desk, if you do have a party, and that's the best part. Because no matter where you come in on. There's some something. weird thing happen, yeah, and you got to get that that commercial break because something has to pay for these movies.
1: There's no slow burns in sci fi land. <laughs> no, no, there's. You know no, what I'm saying? And that's just it. Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, none of the A24 cats are gonna be making sci fi movies. And a lot of people <laughs> are like saying, "Good," I say false. I say, Ari Aster, this is the challenge: make a sci fi movie, make me love it. Robert Eggers, you're mean, you're cool. the genius list Mm. it grows i'm sitting there all times the lambsy then cross it off oh
0: good lord so (laughs) all that goes into being said i had baggage brought with me i was basically you know what normally if i'm out there swimming Mm -hmm. i'm pretty comfortable i'll i'll be you know doing my own thing with this viewing i i was wearing a life vest you know because i the sci-fi movie. Plus the titles Ghost Shark. In the long list of the noun shark things, as we s- established. Even in that, like Wading into Waters, there's so many of those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. And again, when you look at a f- movie that is entitled sh- like that, you're bringing in baggage regardless. Because
1: there's-, there's so many of them, and there's ridiculous titles. Again, Toxic Shark, Santa Shark, Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre, Trailer Park Shark, um, House Shark, Ouija Shark... Shark Exorcist, uh, fucking zombie shark, fucking you name it. You name it, there's a shark. Now, how many of those have you seen? A lot of them. (laughs) A lot of them. I've seen two-headed, three-headed, five-headed... I haven't seen the new other shark attack. I've seen Mecha Shark versus Crocolist. I've seen Sharktopus. Uh, I've seen a lot of the Sharktopus movies. You've put in your work, my friend. Well, there's a lot of shit. Now, I now here's the thing. I say I've seen these, but yeah. these are a lot, a lot of background yep. scenes. Yep. But at the osmosis same osmosis screenings. Right, right. But yes, I've seen a lot of those, and a lot of them I really do enjoy. And I remember this one again had me max caddying multiple times.
0: Both of us <laughs> were Max <max-cated>, KDN, <laughs> and that was the best part. This was such a nice surprise from my baggage that I was bringing in with all of the preconceived notions I had. I think because I had the life vest on, I had you were there wading in with me, you know, we got to our ankles. Right. And then normally- i like, trust me, yeah, you know,
1: we're not going any deeper than this. <laughs> we're not going any deeper than this. But we <laughs> were in a controlled environment.
0: Right. And man, I had fun with this. So that's the best thing was the surprise for me and i think more than anything this like almost like platonic remembering of things when you're seeing it again mm-hmm. it's it hits so many different avenues i didn't really anticipate in fact i can technically you know i've seen bits and pieces yeah. of this via social media that i didn't realize and i was like uh, oh that's where that came from mm-hmm. so really weird reverse engineering with this first and foremost but <laughs> When we were looking into it, uh, again, part of the established formula is having a established character, some sort of weird, you know, genre character actor. And Mm. man, oh man, just put both of us in that age range where we can say Richard Mole like, holy shit, it's Bull Shannon. It's that guy from House. Yeah. It's that guy from multiple genre films. There's w- many entryways. A lot of them. And, and we're not w- talking about House, the Hugh Laurie one. We're talking about House. <laughs> and not, not house Sue either. No, wrong House. That's just it because... I, uh, you probably have to be a little bit older on our to side to recognize
1: Night Court. That is definitely that age of demarcation. But, but you might know him from a lot of different voice actor work. He did a. He's still doing a lot of voice acting work. But I recognize his voice actor from uh, Batman: The Animated Series. He was Two Face. Wasn't Jeffrey
0: Combs the question in there? No, he was. Or is that the Scarecrow. In Justice League? Okay, he's the Scarecrow. Oh my God, that's incredible!
1: His yeah. perfect casting.
0: Barbara, Barbara, um, Adrian Barbeau was Catwoman.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then uh, no, uh, no, but Dana Delaney was.
0: Good Lord, no, wasn't she Lewis Lane?
1: I don't. Maybe in Superman. Yeah. I don't know. I'm talking about Batman. Okay. okay.
0: Needless to say, a lot of crazy voice actors. But Richard Mole. Clancy he, Brown
1: was fucking Lex Luthor. It's
0: unreal. And they had Michael Ironside as Dark Side. Yeah. It's again, glorious. unreal, unreal. Un- Any, anyway. Yeah. Again. Sorry about <laughs> that one. Going back to going <laughs> back to Mole. those waters of Richard Mole. He was the main guy in dungeon master mm-hmm. aka rage war yeah so he's always a welcome presence so i had that rick dalton moment of oh richard mole is going to be that guy standing in for the genre actor awesome and then from the get-go again knowing how campy
1: it is oh well, oh. And before one more so so i was like okay the whole time this the main girl yep. she, the one that was like she's giving me like like a lot of Laura Ortiz vibes going Very much on, so. and I'm like, I've seen her before somewhere, right? So he's entering the back of your right? Mind. I'm like, where have I seen her before? Turns out she, her name is Mackenzie Rossman, and she was, uh, Ruthie, the littlest one of in Seventh Heaven. That show where it had Jessica Biel yeah. and, like, seven kids and the dog named Happy and, like, the dad was a preacher, turned out to be a goddamn diddler in real life, you know? But at the same time, that's neither here nor there. She problematic was problematic fave. She was always this little, like, you know, precocious little kid, like, ah, I'm going to do stuff because I'm the little one, right? And, like, I never watched, watched the show, but, like, it would always come on in between something that I wanted to watch. And, again, like, it's background. fucking background yep. shit. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there and I'm like, ah, oh, Jessica Biel. Like go go back to doing my homework or something, right? So like this is back in the day. Yes, it is. So <laughs> I was like, oh, good for her. Yeah. Because after Seventh Heaven, she went on to do a lot. She became um um a uh, staple in these movies really yeah she became she did a lot of stuff she uh well and it's funny because
0: that's what happens with a lot of the people that it's it becomes a stable it becomes kind of like with the corman characters you know all the people and again that goes to the people that he had directing and writing and starring it's mm-hmm. the same thing it's incredible how that works yeah i love that i
1: love that is it pulling up for you? No, no, it's okay. No. no, and but, that's but the director a, went on to do a lot of things too.
0: He is also yeah. This is not his first foray into these waters. Uh, he his first thing officially shark noun shark was Swamp Shark in 2011. <laughs> but he's also responsible for Trailer Park Shark and Nightmare Shark. I mean, it's he's also part of the Lake Placid franchise. He did part three. Part, part three. Uh, yeah, his name is uh, Griff First, which. I'm not saying maybe that's someone's gnome diploma uh, by but any means. That sounds like a porn
1: name. It sounds and like Alan Chess Smithy. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I enjoy this. I I enjoy Here's this movie. He's, I because he's got this devious sense of humor.
0: Oh yeah, let's just say it from the get go. One of the pleasures of this film is it's Stephen
1: King approved. I'm gonna swim the hell out of you multiple times over. A lot of times, a lot of times, <laughs> to innocent kids and habitual line-stepping kids. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm glad this came out in 2013 and not in the nascent days of the 80s because street toughs, and I don't care if you're a teenage street tough or if you're a little, like a teeny tiny street tough. <laughs>
1: this kid's, he's a, he's street a, toughery is street toughery. Dude, he's a street tot. That's what he is, dude. He's he's not a street tough. He's a street talk because he's like about I'm 11 years old, just talking mad shit, just talking mad shit, to, and not even just talking mad shit, but at the point where they were like, and he's flexing on him. He's, he's just straight flexing. up flexing on him. <laughs>
0: if you like, okay, ghost shark. I'm anticipating some weird ghostly spectral shark. I'm anticipating campy vibes, but I was not anticipating that. And that is of the multitude of times when we were both laughing and cackling with this movie and having fun with it. And that's just it. This movie is not meant to reinvent the sharkdown genre. It's not. You know, it paid a lot of homages to the OG, a lot of Jaws DNA in this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's Ron not
1: Williams score everything
0: from the corrupt mayor, or at least I should say
1: the concerned mayor. Uh, no, where's the the homages on the sleeve? But there's a lot of homages to not just shark movies, but genre in general. There's oh. the there's a uh, eating no brain dead, dead alive homage in yep. there. There's a street, uh, there's a street trash street homage. Trash one was wonderful. Yeah, Unexpected. and a lot of practical stuff, which is cool because the shark itself, of course. And if they try to make a ghost shark practical, like a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> thirteen ghost sharks, right? <laughs> William Castle—if he could have done
0: it, he would have it. done it. We would have seen it. But that's just it; it solves the problem of how do you provide a shark in your shitty shark movie. Because as we've seen, and back in the day when you had to go practical, a lot of complications. Mm-hmm. And then with the advent of CGI, a lot of the ones in the zeros, it, it solves all those problems. But then you get. The grades of, you know, the ones and the zeros, they're not all created equal. And it goes back to that Jeff Goldblum, you know, just because you can. can, You you should. should. Yeah. And that's why I've stayed away from a lot of them, because sometimes that takes me out of the movie, Mm -hmm. even though I know it's not intended. Oh, yeah. But with Ghost Shark, it's built into the premise it's going to just look- It's going to be CGI kind of anyway, yeah. And, and then you don't have to worry about the realism of a regular shark, because it's dead. Mm-hmm. It's a ghost it's shark. A ghost. <laughs> You're making it up as you go along. This right? is uncharted waters at this
1: point. So we don't need to spend the money on the no. practical- I mean, on, on making a practical shark. Not so let's all. make it on the practical aftermath yeah. of the shark.
0: And that's where we were having the most cackles, the kills in this they're highly inventive for a shark movie for the shitty shark movie for the shitty sci-fi shark movie wonderful and it was again you could tell there's some love in there there were some genuinely well composed
1: and staged shots of them panning through the lighthouse oh and then of the lighthouse in general that one shot it was almost very akin to texas chainsaw butt shot but it was kind of like with a lighthouse it was unreal, but then also,
0: you have hot sauce and hand grenades.
1: <laughs> From your opening kill It's with hot. Your opening kill is the shark. Yes, it's, and, and the it's shark a story goes of revenge. out so horribly. Yeah, it does because he was not doing anything because he's he was even like acting of his like own. he what he was supposed to do. But in nature, he saw a fish going on. Hey, I'm gonna bite this fish. He didn't even fuck with the humans. He was like, "All right, I'm out." It was the it was the yokels. <laughs> oh, we always gotta blame it on the yo- local yokels. They shot him in the back. Yep. Them's fighting words. Oh, it's insult. And then rough. they threw hot sauce in the wound. That's
0: insult to injury. Well, and it's that point when I was like, okay, this is the, establishing the kind of camp factor, the kind of weirdness we're going with, which I, I was not anticipating hot sauce <laughs> in, in, in the mixture, in the formula. <laughs> I wasn't establishing the hand grenade. This is the anti pants of a Mad Lib. <laughs> right? This it is something. Everything. But I had fun with it, and then, and from the get-go, from the carcass of the shark going into this cave to the flashing of the light, and then we have, ghost shark, carnage ensues. Carnage ensues, and as we see with this movie, nowhere is it's banking on every anxiety that this Jaws planted those seeds. Mm -hmm. This is the fruits of that. Yeah. When we, if you go back to our Jaws Two episode, we talked about how when we were kids watching it. We were convinced Jaws was in the pool at the Holiday Inn. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to start early. And in this
1: one, he is. So let's talk about some of the kills. My goodness. So, first off, for the first Yoko Local kill, just home, just don't see anything. It's a lot of off screen kills. Mm -hmm. That's probably the only off screen kill we see. It's all, yeah. Everything else. We we see a lot of the budget on screen. And everybody who, almost everybody who gets eaten, deserves their comeuppance. When that girl, when that guy, first of all, we see the girl. Taylor when she's like, save me, save me, because she just saw somebody get eaten by the shark. The guy rolls up on his uh, jet ski with his boy, knocks the boy off He's like, oh, hey, come on, come on. I'll save you. But what you gonna give me? Nothing. Slacks the dude him off, off. room. She's off on the jet ski. You think the shark is going to eat the dude because the dude's big. And I'm like, hey, there's my representation. Then uh, and the other guy, other guy's cool. So well, he's also, I mean, technically he's black. Yeah. So. so there we go. And so when they can't say that the black guy's the first to die because the blonde girl, well, the shark's the first to die. The yeah. yokels are the second to die. And then the blonde girl just gets, oh, ov- just bifurcated. Just room, just eaten in half.
0: Ghost shark likes to subvert tropes. He's like, okay, I've got the fat guy party animal. Have the the African American character? No, no, no. I'm gonna skip that because they're the, again the ones that usually die first. Mm-hmm. Go straight to the blonde.
1: He's like, don't worry, I'll
0: get to you guys later. But and the, okay, so this also shares a lot of DNA again with Jaws, but also Jaws two, because this is all teens and terror. Yeah, that's what Jaws two is with a budget. This is not with a budget, but inventive because ghost shark can get you anywhere
1: anywhere as long as there's water so you're uh, having a pool party you, you but see here's the thing at least they closed the beaches that's true they but, did the, but they didn't close the pool parties well you because you Again, don't think you need a pool see that's that's why i say there's always a chance you may <laughs> think you're safe but there's always a chance even in pools see, even in the pools at the holiday Inn, to the point where at the, you know i'm not
0: saying you know you have a sign in your bathroom that says please turn off the source of water to the <laughs> toilet upon completion so nothing is gathered,
1: because the bully talking shit. It's like, oh yeah, don't don't dive on my diving board. Fuck you, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna do it again. Starts jumping. Ohm! Shark comes at, then causes the chaos massacre a la uh, Nightmare Two. I was gonna
0: say Nightmare Two. It Nightmare. falls into the pool party massacres, mm-hmm. which you don't get too often anymore. No. it's and a nice. Then
1: there goes the fat guy party animal.
0: Gone, immediately. Mm-hmm. But at least he was again represented. He. You know what though? Technically. No Hawaiian shirt to be found. It wasn't dirty well, or stained. He, he was
1: always wet in the waters, so we don't know what his on landed tiger was. A shitty shark movie. You're right. You're right. If he
0: had a wetsuit, it would have been flower print. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, or Hawaiian print. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> then we have the montage with the plumber, the uh the, the, the three things the, going on at the, the, the same time. Mon- yeah. <laughs> and it starts. And this is
0: again when we started giggling into a cackle. Is this little, little, probably like eight to 10 year old kid sporting this honk if you're horny t shirt? <laughs> and it was one of those things where he creeps into the, the, fil- the film. And I'm like, was he wearing did that say honk if you're horny? And when he
1: creeps, he just throws a whole cup full of mud and just slams it on this car. car. Then he takes the car about a block away and to the he- bikini car wash because that's what you do. Now, it should be
0: noted that. In uh, soon to be released, uh, new Bring It On movie, uh-huh, horror bent, written by Doctor Rebecca McKendry. directed gonna, by Karen Lamb, gonna be uh, premiering on Sci-Fi. I'm and looking forward as fuck to it. Of course we are because we love the original. Yeah,
1: there's toros in the atmosphere,
0: and not not the day though when because uh, no one was it was was cold because there's a bikini
1: car wash scene in bring it on Mm -hmm. there was in the marketing scene that's why i would skip school to go see that movie when it came out in theaters back in the day it's you went in for one thing
0: you came out loving it for another reason exactly but still the same thing because you know
1: yeah it's a delightful movie
0: there's an entire bikini car wash franchise that existed on the USA. Bikini Car Wash Academy, yes. Bikini Car
1: Wash Cops, Bikini Car Wash everything.
0: So including that, I think, was a nice little homage to its straight-to-video, straight-to-cable feel. Boner jam days. But the kid in there, though.
1: Just loving it every minute of the it. The best
0: moment of his life. I don't blame him. I ain't mad. And and I've but, been to a
1: Bikini Car Wash once, and it was rad.
0: See, here's the thing. I can appreciate it from afar. I won't be appreciating it from afar because that's creepy, but it's one of those things. I don't even know if it exists because if it does, I steer clear away from it.
1: I've never seen it again. It was like a magical time. It was like, <laughs> I was like what happened?
0: They got smart about it because the leering old pervs that would yeah, probably... This,
1: of course, this is like... 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Again, it just, yeah. Another time.
0: Another place. Indeed. So, that is the nostalgic
1: itch. Meanwhile, right? Meanwhile, you have Intercut with the Bikini Car Wash scene. You have this little fat kid about opening up his slip and slide, eating popsicles around a rock and roll. What
0: what I've done, slip and slide. Yeah. You know what I've done with my nephew back in the day? Slip and slide. Yeah. I'm familiar with that.
1: I've done slip and slide a few times. And.
0: And then we have that also then the, the plumbing issue. Yeah, the guy with the plumber. Plumbing we will go. The plumber's the first one to go mm-hmm. and it's a nice little kind of classic where the legs are shaking skill you and got blood, blood sporting out. then blood sporting out. Uh-huh. But then,
1: then 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 the kid in the slip and slide. Oh,
0: and that's that's the thing I've seen on social media. Cuz he's got a shark theme
1: slip and slide.
0: It's wonderful. And then when the ghost shark – and I, I thought that was just a meme that existed as, like, a gif or whatever, not knowing, oh, it's It's the whole backstory. Oh, it's just from from the a movie, piece of yeah. a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, the first moment of the Stephen King seal of approval. And that's when I also was like, oh, sci-fi is not akin to killing <laughs> off kids. In a campy way, though. In a perfect way with ghost shark. Yeah. Because they kind of didn't show the gore with the little kid. Yeah. <laughs> they saved it for then and then the the massacre the car wash massacre oh, which is probably a, one of the part of the franchise
1: the bikini car wash massacre <laughs>
0: It's coming to you straight to sci-fi, you know, in the future. Uh,
1: Somebody turning, a bucket turning into a blender, basically, and And fucking just out of the fucking windshield wipers and just everything.
0: And that little kid going from the best moment of his life. (laughs) To just
1: being broken and traumatized. And and I'm
0: telling you, it's akin to me when I was 11, and we got in to watch RoboCop for the first time. And I see Ed 209 come out. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. Look at that. You know, so I'm like the little kid happy. And then he undoes <laughs> he Mr. Just Kenny. That, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, because it's your first exposure to Paul Verhoeven violence and squibs. It's another level. Right. I was thrown into the deep end rather than wading in. And so it's that same experience as that poor little kid. And I'm, we're cackling at yeah. that point. And again, my first time viewing, I'm having so much fun. With this movie, to see where they're willing to go, on the budget they have, knowing their audience, and even then, when the commercial breaks kicked in, mm-hmm. I found
1: it charming, very charming. We don't see a lot of movies with commercial, with built-in commercial breaks like they did back in the day, when the music stings and then freezes, well, and then comes back.
0: Well, that's the best part, though, is you know you've got YouTubers out there that just collect all these '80s and '90s commercials that we were huffing and puffing through back in the day. We look upon fondly. Mm-hmm. So I guarantee there's eight and nine year olds that were watching these sci fi films with those original commercial breaks that miss it. That yeah. it's almost like a rhythm for them. Uh, now, the uh, the the again the lighthouse shot, the bathtub kill. I thought was great because we realized what a large bathtub she existed. Had a huge bathtub. That but- was.
1: That was a good thrashing in a small confined scene because it was scary because you think you're cool in the bathtub, but no. Again, no safe
0: place with Ghost Shark, but also establishing uh, a variety of kills.
1: Oh, you know what? Oh, so we already talked about the two street tots. Um. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> and it should be noted, they are part of this, the Stephen King Approved. Oh yeah.
1: oh yeah, they're getting on on, and it's funny because they the street shark comes out of the puddle and like uh, out of the fire hydrant. Yep, and then <clears throat> we well, you can't even drink water. No, which that like, kill was great. It was
0: fan freaking.
1: That kill was a really good kill.
0: I it, anytime you get kind of the the splitting, splitting, mm-hmm. and again it's practical.
1: It with the CGI shark popping yeah. out the ghost TV and it worked because it it's a ghost shark.
0: Ghost Shark. And then, though, to me, the one that put it over the top. The mayor? The mayor kill. The mayor kill was great. It definitely falls into the street tat trash portion, mm-hmm. but it also falls firmly in that old school trick where they would like break someone's back. They do it in the blob. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it in... Which Friday the? Thir- I think it's part six with the share. Where the, the,
1: the, the crunches, yeah, yeah,
0: and they Captain play crunch. into that. It's what in Creepshow too. Mm-hmm. They do the same way, but just the two legs. beep, You're like, oh, being pulled into the toilet. It's it's Ghoulies at eleven. Mm-hmm. Ghoulies and Jaws combined together, which is probably part of a Mad Lib that exists somewhere on a sci-fi producer's wall. And
1: also, it wasn't a kill, but it was a threat of the kill. The fact that like you're not even safe in rain. In rain. Like, if as long as it's raining, that shark can get you. When they're underneath that shelter and, like, he's right there. I'm, I'm, I'm like, fuck all that noise. You had a moment. Yeah. Like, That's genuinely That's creepy. genuinely terrifying. The fact that, like, you know, because, like, I can stay out of the water. Because, like, even Cameron, when the kid was like, hey, one, one of our teens swim, that we yeah. thought was going to be uh safe towards yeah. the end, one of our final teens, he goes, uh, when he lights the fire, sprinklers can come out of the sprinklers and puddles. He gets shot at. I'm like, oh. Oh, I forgot he's not one of the final teens. Yep. <clears throat> so, well,
0: there's a there's a large, pretty large body count. There's in this a, movie, extremely large body. As I'm getting opposed as opposed to Jaws two with a high budget, with a low budget, you got to bring them in with the keels. Again, mm-hmm. they know the audience. But
1: that'd be terrifying. Sharks just falling it out just, of the out of the sky every time it rains.
0: Well, I mean, and again, I drink a lot of water as it is, so I would yeah. be one of those that would just be out. I, I'm not going to lie, occasionally, you know, if I have a couple cups of coffee, you know, the circulation's running, I could be a victim on the toilet. I'd be a statistic in a Ghost Shark movie. I'm not part of that final crew.
1: Well, and then there was the bait-and-switch kill where you're like, oh, the movie's already done. We got like 20 minutes left. <laughs> it's like, really?
0: Come on, Ghost Shark. But no, they carried on because they introduced a book... A grimoire of which just roll it. It rolls off the tongue nicely and it's it's, classy. It's one of those references that does exist within genre movies. In fact, last time I probably came across it was during a screening of uh, Warlock. Mm-hmm. With the Julie- dark grimoire. The grimoire, yes, Julian. That's it, the the source of Julian Sand's power, mm-hmm. as it turns out. A grimoire is
1: never. It's always a book of evil spells. There's never like a good grimoire. No, there's
0: never the good grimoire. There's not a grimoire for dummies. Was the grimoire also in the Wanda, the Doctor yeah, Strange film? A film was kind of a version of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the dark holds a grimoire. It exists. So now you're throwing that book of dark arts into my 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 shark my shitty shark movie.
1: Mm-hmm yes yeah that's your deus ex machina hey how did that happen (laughs) it's a magic cave why that's what it says in this grimoire cool Cool. that's enough for me
0: don't you see the runes on the wall right the writing
1: the writing on the wall literally allows you to just embrace it right oh you can believe there's a ghost shark eating people but not that it's a magic cave all right cool
0: well you know what the best part is we get docent position in terms of finding out how everything is, why there is a ghost shark, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that...
1: The whole, like, Richard Mall backstory. Oh, it's... Well, and that was tragic, a good transition, though. Oh,
0: yes, when he was telling them of how he killed his wife, and you see from him doing it into, yeah, that nice fade, mm-hmm. part of those little flourishes, and again, why I think films like these are important for people to cut their teeth, to learn how to become better filmmakers yeah
1: i mean spielberg started on a made for tv movie we talked about
0: a duel it was all and that's that's also the beauty of this kind of stuff is you see these little flourishes of what they can do with a smaller budget but unfortunately as we i know and i you know again love adam green his biggest thing was you know they saw what you could do with a small budget you assume for the next movie they'll give you more but they always give you less because they want to ultimately see how much can you do yeah. based on your reputation. Oh, he did this with this much money? Well, he doesn't need more. And he's like almost like it's a curse yeah. just showing that. So that's the other thing, though, almost like you have to be careful of how good you can do things. Never
1: bring your A game. Always bring your B game.
0: Show the potential
1: there. Mm-hmm. But
0: is that also then undercutting potentially what some of these films could be?
1: Well, I think... I think it's also working within your budget. Sure. You know, I think it's also like, hey, let's do this, 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 and I think we can do this, 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 but we don't have that much, so let's try this. I think it's more like a test of ingenuity because it's not until, like, you can prove your salt that you can pull nothing out of your ass and, like, Spielberg, and then, like, okay, we'll go ahead and give you billions. Like Cameron, you know?
0: Well, and that's the other thing, too. Not everyone, I have to assume... If I watch a lot of those movies that's on your shitty shark list, I'm probably not going to have the same experience that I had with Ghost Shark. Right, and especially if I were to watch them by myself. And I think that's what these kind of films, party movies. Yes, you need someone else there. Mm -hmm. I would not. I don't think a movie like this would work in a theater because, again, in the theater, I don't want you commenting or reacting to a movie like that it's better felt for home because yeah. you can call out the absurdities. You can have fun with it. And I had fun throughout from, from the hot sauce and hand grenades to the introduction of a grimoire to just how everything inevitably ended. It just, it was a fun ride.
1: Yeah. I, I think you would need a lot. If you're going to release it theatrical, you would probably need a lot more camp factor. You need that good balance to make, because in essence, a shark, a shitty shark movie, is an aquatic creature feature. Movie. Mm-hmm. So you need to have something along the lines of eight-legged freaks. Where yes, yeah. you can still have enough party uh, fun time, but you have to have that balance of like goofy story and 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 characters.
0: To me, this is something that you know you'd have like riff racks. That's your screening theatrical screening is them tearing it to shreds. Mm-hmm. And
1: again, but see, this has too much good stuff to be in that like. Shitty shitty camp, you know? This is one of those rare ones where it's rare ones where it's like it's better than the worst, but it's not as good as the best. Well
0: then I also I'm not gonna lie, I had some initial anxiety because Again, we definitely try to be a podcast of positivity, you know, and just talk about things. We How are you going to
1: talk about good stuff on shitty shark movies, especially if
0: I have a bad experience with it, with like, yeah. maybe it's too mean or, you know, there's just something about it that's a little too dated, potentially,
1: where I'm like, oh, that's not hitting right. the way I was hoping. Cause like, Am I going to fake it? Right. Like Blood Rage or uh, that your You're first viewing. the first time, that's not in the movie I'm going to talk about. That's
0: why we did not have an episode on it. Right. Until you had the another second experience. one, like, okay, yes. now I got it. Yeah. And that's what I was afraid of initially, but that's why I think also when I was watching it throughout, I'm like, oh, I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm, take, I'm taking the lifesaver off. I'm going to wade into the deep end on this and come and get me, Ghost Shark. Yeah. I was digging it, man. I had a good time with this.
1: Because there's a lot of really, really good good shitty shark movies. A lot of fun ones that like... And it's almost like trauma. They're not going to be for everybody and... It is a specific audience. It is. And you have to be in a certain mood. You have to be like, okay, I'm ready to have a good time with the shitty shark movie or a shitty creature feature. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be like, uh, I'm having a bad day. I need something existential or I'm looking for something. This... And and this is not going to appeal to the elevated horror crowd at all. That's fair. This is more of to the lovers of the B horror movies or the ones who love like um, shitty horror movies for lack of a better term. You the know? next
0: generation's Dante's ideally are going to be there. You know, mm-hmm. the next generation Bigelow's will find themselves But see, there.
1: here's the thing. I challenge some of the elevator horror fans to sit down and watch some of these shitty shark movies and like just enjoy because that's They don't ever take themselves seriously. They know exactly what they're doing. They're working their best, what they have with the budget, and they just want to put on a fun show. You know, they know they're not changing any genre. You're never going to change any genre in the exploitation market. You're always just going to enhance it. Alter
0: it. it. Yeah. You can, you know, Mm -hmm. influence it for a second,
1: but you're not going to change it. You know, nothing's going to, there's never going to be a better shark movie than Jaws. And I think people realize that. So they're like, why fucking try? So let's not try and make a serious shark movie let's go the shitty there are some the jaws of shitty shark movies you know so but this one is a really good one this one i think is a fun example because it's mean and funny and just a lot of fun
0: and as someone that is seeking out you know new movies and that new movie experience uh, this was the best possible i think and again dipping my toe into these waters of which goddamn, there's a lot of you'll have to eventually give me a list because We've got, we've got, we've got uh, episodes for next uh, Sharktober. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, uh, looking forward to next week's episode. It's the
1: most wonderful time of the year. It, it crept up pretty quickly. Yes, it did.
0: Uh, over at Screenland, in the month of October, uh, they switch over to uh,
1: Sharktober. This lineup is rad.
0: And now yearly, oh, it's become. And also...
1: It's almost time, kids.
0: We don't have our saying yet. Not yet. we got to put the rhyme together. We will be talking about that uh, with Screenland co-owner Adam Roberts, our annual preview of all the stuff that's coming up in Shocktober. So it'll be good to go. And then in October, we've got a lot of other good stuff coming up. So tune in for all that and then some. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm
1: Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Shark in the water. Our shark. Ghost Shark. ¶¶